This is the Barbecue Central Radio Show, which is recorded live each Tuesday at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. The Barbecue Central Radio Show is being brought to you by The Barbecue Guru, the original creators of automatic temperature control devices, now offering four different models for you to choose from. Rest easy knowing that The Barbecue Guru is controlling your temperature so you can get on with your life. Visit BBQGuru.com or call 800-288-GURU for more information. And by Fred's Music and Tasty Licks BBQ Supply, your online barbecue and grilling superstore. From cookers to grills, wood chips and chunks, and everything in between, also be sure to try the Tasty Licks barbecue brand of rubs and sauces. Check Fred out online at TastyLicksBBQ.com. And by Stephen DeFranco Jewelers. Located in beautiful Willoughby, Ohio, Stephen DeFranco Jewelers is a family-owned and operated business looking to service the great folks of the barbecue and grilling world. Get free shipping and big discounts by mentioning my name and the term Barbecue Brother. Check out their inventory by visiting stephendefranco.com. And by Butcher Barbecue, with 30 years of experience in retail, wholesale, meat markets, food service, and customer service. Using that experience, everything they do and sell at Butcher's Barbecue comes from real-world knowledge. Check out their award-winning spices, sauces, marinades, and injections by visiting ButcherBBQ.com. Always trust your butcher. And by Green Mountain Grills. Discover something you'll really, really love, grilling with pellets. Green Mountain Pellet Grills are the top of the line, best of the best, but not the highest in price. And be sure to check out all of their flavor rubs, sauces, and pellets for the Green Mountain Grill all on their website. Visit GreenMountainGrills.com to peruse the entire product's portfolio. And by Barbecuer's Delight Wood Pellets. Two-thirds oak, one-third flavor wood, giving you that perfect combination of BTU burn and sweet, succulent smoke you're looking to get all over your meat. A wide variety of flavors, so please go to the website to check it out and get yours today. Barbecuer's Delight, which is bbqrsdelight.com. Hi, this is Greg Rempe, host of the Barbecue Central Radio Show. And you are listening to BCRN, all barbecue and grilling all the time. So to get that perfect barbecue, you use wood. You should say whatever. We put the lighter fluid on, strike the match, and... Should we call the fire department? That might be a good idea. of the Really Big Barbecue Central Show. Uh, this is a show that talks about all things important in the world of barbecue and grilling. And we come to you from the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame city of Cleveland, Ohio. Rapidly becoming known as the barbecue capital of the North Coast. And this is your Tuesday Outdoor Live Fire Cooking and Grilling Show. By the way, I'm your program host, Greg Rempe. Happy to have you aboard here on your Tuesday. If you want to get in touch with the show, you can do so 
two ways, toll-free, 877 You can also email the show, Greg, at show.com. Those are two ways to get in touch with me if you're so inclined. Maybe you have a take about something that has to do with barbecue and grilling, or you want to talk about the American Royal, which we'll be doing quite a bit about whatever it has to do with this industry that we love and adore. Happy to have you jump aboard. Here's what's happening on the show tonight, in case you didn't get the newsletter. Uh, be sure to go over to the website, thebbqcentralshow.com. You can see it uh, just uh, right below me here and sign up for the newsletter top right of the navigation there. Drop an email in, sign up, and then you'll get a heads up around 3 o'clock each and every afternoon on uh, on Tuesday afternoon, I should say. And you'll see what's happening prior to everybody else. Or if you just like to tune in, roll the dice and see what happens, you're more than welcome to do that as well. 14 past the hour, about 12 minutes from now. Sterling Ball from Big Papa Smokers will be back on the show. And uh, he is the victor of the American Royal Invitational side of things. So we're going to kick off the recap of the Royal with Sterling Ball of Big Papa Smokers. 35 past the hour. You ever heard of Shiggin and Grinnin? They won the uh, American Royal Open. We'll have them on. Jeff Vanderlindy. Jeff Vanderlindy will be joining me. To recap their big win the following day, they also had a very good showing in the invitational portion, 29th overall. So definitely nothing to sneeze at in that regard. So we'll get the recap from the two winners of either side of that weekend. Second hour promises to be huge as well. The Lou Gehrig of barbecue. That could be considered a little dark. You know what I mean? Uh, Danielle Demofsky of DivaQ will join me for the two interview segments. Uh, lots to talk about. She was also at the Royal, so we'll obviously recap with her uh, about her experience, her efforts there. Um, but then more importantly, she also is touring the country right now and filming for her show, which I believe, at least at this point, made more specifically for Canadian television, I think. We'll find that out. Uh, barbecue crawl if you follow her on twitter if you follow on facebook you've seen her pretty much attack north america and it's barbecue haunts she's also been competing while she's been doing the show as well so it's kind of a nice mix so we'll get into all of uh, the show's intricacies when we can look to see it on television where we can look to see it on television all that great stuff so hope you stay tuned for the entire show danielle domofsky uh, coming up in the second hour that's your show. Take it or leave it. 877-448-0433. Greg at thebbqcentralshow.com. Your Survey Tuesday questions. Throw out your answers as you feel. Where did I go? I don't know. Where'd I go? Am I on? Guys, am I on? Hello? Hello? Look like I'm good. Anyway. Uh, question number one. What was or is the best barbecue show on television since we'll be kind of talking about that question number two who do you think would place better than they did at the american royal invitational who did you think was going to maybe win it or, or take a much higher finishing position than they actually ended up taking number of people emailing me uh, my thoughts on that uh, as Saturday came to an end. So who, who did you think was going to finish in the money? Might have finished more towards the bottom. Uh, question number three. Gang, week five of the NFL season is over this past Sunday. You've had a chance to see your team progress or fail. 
if you're in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, Sooty. Who do you think is going to the Super Bowl? Guess what? It's not the Browns. Uh, quite honestly, there's a very good chance that I'm not even embellishing at all that they might not even win a game this season. Very well could not even win a game. Best chance was probably the first two weeks, and they have easily gone downhill after that. Shan's probably not too far off. The Houston Texans playing some strong football right now. So there's your Survey Tuesday questions. All right, American Royal results. Invitational first, as we know, and we'll be talking to them here in just a couple minutes. Big Papa Smokers wins it uh, roughly by, I want to say, almost uh, four-plus points. Iowa Smokey D's came in second. So congratulations to Darren Worth and the team over at Iowa Smokey D's. Hogtide Barbecue came in third. There's no place like smoke. Fourth, Swine Assassins came in fifth. Uh, I believe it's, is it? Humanies, Humanies, Hogalicious Barbecue, 6th place, Bayou Boogie Barbecue, 7th, 8th place, Buffalo's Barbecue, ninth place, friend of the show, Big T's Q Crew, and rounding out top 10, Meadow Creek, I'm sorry, Meadow Valley Barbecue. And you flip over the next day, American Royal results in the open portion. Of course, uh, we'll have uh, Jeff Vanderlindy coming on to talk about their win, Shigan and Grinning. A second place, friend of the show, Qow takes reserve. Smokey D's Wannabes took third. Not the same thing as Iowa Smokey D's. Fourth place. How about this for back-to-back days? Big T's Q Crew coming in fourth place. Texas Pepper Jelly. Craig Sherry, great effort over there. Always cooking very highly in the very well-attended events. He's also won the Houston Livestock and Rodeo. A Swine Assassins turns around, almost does a place-for-place. Place. They just drop one uh, one spot, and they finish sixth place. A fifth in the Invitational sixth. And the open munching hogs at the Hilton, Robert McGee and the crew over there. Very good finish for them. Half sauce barbecue, eighth, ninth, Mel's barbecue, and tenth place riding some of that show karma, JP Custom Smoke, John Patty. That top ten is very strong. Here's a quick note. You would recall at uh, the end of the first hour, uh, nay, the second, beginning of the second hour during the second takes. Sean Rice of the Meet Me blog called in and was telling us how they were in transit to the American Royal Festival. And we look and see that El Fuego Fiasco finished 145th out of 154 teams. I'm not putting any of that on El Fuego Fiasco. The question is this, question number four, Survey Tuesday. Is Meet Me, a.k.a. Sean Rice, the kiss of death to barbecue teams? You weigh in. I don't know. Uh, I got an email over the weekend, this from John Pierce via the United Kingdom. Hi, Greg and the team. Um, Well, there's uh, no team. It's just me. I'm the team. It's me. There's no I in team. Except, well, never mind. Just a quick note to say hi, let you know what a great show you put on. I've been downloading the show now for the past four months and thoroughly enjoying them. I'd love to listen live, but the time difference does not favor my sleep pattern. I understand that. Uh, I'm a keen barbecue enthusiast and have learned lots from listening to the show. I cook using a Traeger pellet grill, and although the U.K. has a pretty bad reputation when it comes to barbecue, I'm spreading the gospel of low and slow cooking and your show. Thanks again for the show, and perhaps could you say hi to your U.K. listener on Tuesday's show? Could I? You're damn right I can. Thank you, John, for writing in, for spreading the gospel of barbecue, most most importantly about the show. Thank you. And I think maybe, maybe, 
that the UK might be getting a little bit of a bad rap when it comes to barbecue. You got John Finch over there spreading the good word and, and some great uh, events that he puts on, obviously. Um, you have uh, Toby Shea out there doing for uh, for the barbecue, uh, the British Barbecue Society. So I think that's a, definitely a, a growing, wonderful thing. And what can I tell you? Let's not sell yourself short. Let's not sell the UK short when it comes to barbecue. Um, man, am I going to be able to get to this? Am I going to be able to get to this? Now, there's a little setup that is required. For this, So I'm just going to go ahead and uh, leave it as is. Getting a, a quick note in for my second hour guest. Yeah, we'll just, we'll see what happens. Not too worried about it. I'll save it for next week. But I will preface this by saying, have you been hearing the term photobomb? You know what photobombing is? This seems to be a hot-button term that was really cool for about a week, and then all of a sudden the term photobomb has just spread like wildfire. And quite frankly, it's highly annoying, at least in my opinion. And uh, no matter what photobombs you've seen, I have that now. I have the mother of all photobombs well before it became popular. And I will show you that perhaps next week, so stay tuned for photobomb. We're going to be coming back with Sterling Ball, the Big Papa Smokers, to recap the American Royal invitational win that he had this past weekend. Be first, before we do that, let me talk to you quickly about Tasty Licks Barbecue Supply. Uh, we all know you get on the Internet, it's kind of like a crapshoot, right? You don't know who you're really dealing with. You can't do a lot of investigative work like you could on a brick-and-mortar style building. You can go in, you can see what they have in inventory, you can see the owner and the people that they have in the stores. So trust is kind of a big key factor when you're buying your stuff online, especially when it comes down to the barbecue and grilling items because there's an infinite number of websites out there, internet e-commerce sites that might take your money, and that's all they're going to take, and you're going to get nothing in return. Look, let the gang over at Tasty Licks Barbecue Supply relieve you of your internet buying stress. Tasty Looks has one of the most complete inventories of barbecue and grilling items anywhere on the face of the earth. All of the items that you see on Fred's website are in stock, and they are ready to ship to you directly. Plus, they do have a brick-and-mortar building in beautiful, tropical Chillington, Pennsylvania. So if you want to go in there and buy your stuff directly, if you're around that area, kind of by Philly, stop in, say hi to a smoking guitar player. Now, are there other items that you can find cheaper on the internet? Um, perhaps. Are you 100% confident that you are going to get those items? When are they going to ship to you? They're all great questions that people ask me all the time. I don't have the right answer. Nothing that I can give you with 100% of surety. But I do know this. If you go to Tasty Lake's Barbecue Supply, all of the items that they have for sale are in stock. They're going to ship to you promptly. More importantly than that, they're priced fairly with help after the sale as well. They carry grills, smokers, ceramic cookers, electric cookers, various charcoal types, wood chunks and chips, cookbooks, accessories, Quite honestly, if they don't have it, you don't need it. And on top of all of that, Fred carries many of the other show sponsors in his store as well. So it's almost like you're doing this two for one. And I got a great video to show you at the top of the second hour about Fred. This guy's a gas. I'm not talking Clint Cantwell a gas. He's a gas. Head on over to TastyLicksBBQ.com and let the confidence exude from you as you make your online purchases. Then enjoy your items upon delivery. And don't forget that Fred and the gang are there to help you after the sale as well. Very, very key. TastyLicksBBQ.com. 
That's CaseyLakesBBQ.com. We'll come back with Sterling Ball of Big Papa Smokers, and we'll talk about his win at the American Royal Invitational. Stick around. We'll be right back. Live from the Barbecue Central Radio Network Studios in Cleveland, Ohio. You're listening to the Barbecue Central Radio Show. Once again, here's your host, Greg Rampey. Centralshow.com. Those are the two ways to get in touch with me if you should feel the need. The American Royal World Series of Barbecue took place this past weekend. Easily one of the biggest events that takes place during the course of the competition season. My first guest tonight took home the overall grand championship at the Invitational side of things. Placed very respectable, 99th out of 525 teams in the open portion the following day. Uh, he was just on a few weeks ago talking about the King of the Smokers competition, which will debut in December. The title could not be more aptly named in this case. Let's race over to the hotline. And welcome back, pitmaster of Big Papa Smokers, Sterling Ball, joining me here on the show. We'll race to the newsroom for this as well. Check this out, guys, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, Sterling, how are you, buddy? I'm fine, Greg. How are you doing? You're just fine, or are you on top of the world? Oh, pretty excited, but it's been a few days, and uh, very exciting. So, I had to send the robot to the bike cleaner, finally. <laughs> but I'll have it back tomorrow, so that'll probably pick up my spirits. Lots to get into tonight, Sterling. Before we get into the cook itself and kind of break down both days... You know, are you able to convey to us for the people that you know weren't able to go? I kind of paint this picture about load in, you know, the amount of traffic, the vibe. What kind of sticks with you after a weekend like this one? Aside from the win, obviously. Well, the, first of all, the first year was last year we went, and we were definitely deer in the headlights, and uh, it was really nice. You know, when we did pit master season two, which Diva was on, and Big Mister and Johnny Trigg, and Johnny Trigg sort of took us under his wing. And we were next to him the first year, and uh, we got a couple of calls in the invitation and made us feel pretty good. But when you go to this thing, everyone's so good. Everybody's won something. And obvious, if somebody bet on us in Vegas, they would have made a fortune. Uh, you just sort of do your thing and stick to your plan. Sterling Ball joining me here on the show. So you know I have to ask, right? Did you take a king of the smokers approach to this cook? Was it minimalist, uh, more of a traditional way of cooking this event, or did you stick with more of, uh, I guess, what is commonly referred to as competition barbecue now, right? Oh, well, we first of all, brought our new mobile strategic command center, <laughs> which is uh, my, basically my camper at Sleep In. And we had our standard trailer with a uh, Jambo, a Jambo Jr., 
and then we worked on a Mac Pellet Grill, too. So we had three smokers going for it. All right, three smokers going on. So how do you mix up what meats are, are going on what cooker? I would imagine, you know, not one thing is going on everything. Uh, certain meats are going on. How do you make that delineation of what cookers are getting what meats? Well, we like our chicken on the Mac Pellet Grill a lot. And we like the ribs on the Jumbo Junior because it puts on, it's actually a little smokier. And we do the brisket and the pork on the bigger Jumbo. Sterling Ball joining me here on the show, winner of the American Royal Invitational this past weekend. Uh, Sterling, there was a lot of chatter about, uh, at least on the Internet, about weather, uh, specifically cold, the potential of rain. How did you find the conditions to cook in, and was there anything out of the ordinary that you had to contend with, at least during the Invitational side of things? No, no, it was cold, but you're sort of thinking about, you know, getting things done. And I brought one of my drum smokers, which I used as a heater. I felt like I was in the inner city, but that kind of kept our tent warm. And, you know, i got to really mention Jody Clark, my teammate. He's just awesome, and he did a great job. He cooks the chicken and the ribs, and I cook the pork butt and the brisket. When when you're dealing with a colder element... Are there adjustments that you're having to make on the fly to make sure that everything is staying at temperature or, you know, once they're heated up and rolling, there's, it doesn't matter if it's 20 degrees or, or 120 degrees? I don't think it really matters. I mean, we went through a little bit more wood, but we walked our pit tubs pretty close anyway. So it wasn't a problem with the Mac. It, that kind of takes that out of your, you don't have to worry about that at all. All right, Sterling, so let's go ahead and take a little bit closer look at the individual categories. Um, We'll kind of go over them as they're called out. Uh, Chicken, of course, starts out the event. And um, I wasn't privy to the information, but uh, how how far or how deep were they calling out places? Was it top ten like a usual KCBS event, or were they calling out before that? I think it was 20, 15 or 20. I don't remember that. I just know... Uh, we didn't get a call in chicken year before we got fourth in chicken. All right, so I mean, you get you, so, get you get a seventy first overall. I, I what? I said you get you get a seventy first overall. So as you said, no call. Um, you you had done better previously. If you so if you if you, you, know, if you don't get so, a call like right off the bat, is there a little bit of a loss of momentum for yeah, you guys, or what do you think? Hello. Uh oh. Hello. No. Hello. <laughs> Hello, sir. Hello. We're gonna get him right back. It's those damn valleys. Come back. Are you there, sir? Yeah. All right. I'm there. So uh, what I was saying is, if you don't get a call in chicken like right off the bat, whether it's this event or you know any other event, is is there any type of like momentum letdown? I mean, obviously you want to hear your name every time, but you know, kind of where, where's the mindset if you don't hear yourself being called out right at chicken? Well, first of all, you go we go into the invitation. Well, obviously we would have loved to have won it and did, but our goal is to not embarrass ourselves. And uh, you know, if we get a call, we that's really good. We get two calls. It's great. So you know, you just wait it out. And you got to understand, I don't go to award ceremonies ever. Ever. Johnny Craig makes me go. <laughs> Our trailer will be next to the stage, and I won't go. Why? Why Nobody don't you want to go? I just it doesn't interest me at all. 
it's pretty funny. I'll be reading a, reading a novel in the trailer while they go to um, awards and I find out. But So actually the first walk I've ever taken was for Brisket at the Royal. I've never done that. So 71st chicken overall out of, you know, 150-plus teams. I mean, were you happy with the chicken turning that day? I mean, was it was it a better than 71st? Did you get away with something? What do you think? Oh, gosh, who knows? That's the thing about barbecue and where you're in it. <laughs> I mean, we were happy with what we turned in. So we'll leave. let's leave chicken where it's at because the next category is ribs, and you take a very high walk on that one, fourth overall. Uh, did the ribs mm-hmm. taste? Uh, did the ribs taste that good to you? Yeah, we thought they were good. We thought the chicken was just as good as the ribs, though. Hmm. So nice high call for that after a no call in chicken, and then you kind of revert back a little bit. Uh, no call in pork ribs, but forty six overall, so very respectable again, especially given the the teams that are there and and just the the breadth of competition that's there. Uh, how did the how did the ribs cook off for you guys, and and were you pretty satisfied with those as well? Yeah, we thought we had four really good cooks. Actually, I was worried about brisket. Well, I messed up the brisket and and uh, trimming it uh, for the box, <laughs> and I was really worried and really disappointed. In fact, like three eyes and different guys came in my tent and said, "How did you? Uh, how do you think you did?" And I said, "I think we did great, but I probably cost us, you know, any chance uh, I messed up the brisket." So what what happened with the box specifically? Well, they were a little bit bigger, and you know, sometimes you're just wrestling with the box a little bit. But the brisket was really good. I knew it was good. And as a matter of fact, when I went to do burn-ins, I cooked two screw briskets. I like that plug right there. And one of them I turned out, uh, I was cutting my burn-ins, and I had about 15 of them. And I handed them to Jody, and I said, Jody, throw these away, but taste them first. And he tasted them. He goes, why are we throwing these away? I said, because I have these seven right here. He said, you're only cooking seven? I said, yeah. I said, they're perfect. And he put them in the cooker, and we put them in the box. So I knew them. I thought the, the meat was good. I thought I really messed up the presentation. All right, but in the final scoring, you get third overall in brisket. So, you know, almost place for place, brisket and ribs, just uh, one behind on ribs. Fourth and ribs, third and por- or third and brisket. You don't know where specifically you're sitting uh, during the chicken and the pork category. So before they start calling uh, overall call-outs, we're talking with uh, Sterling Ball, Big Papa Smokers, who won the American Royal Invitational this past weekend. You have two really high calls, and then you have two meets you're kind of more or less in the dark about. Do you let yourself entertain a reserve grand or, or a, an overall grand finish at that time in your head, or do you just really have no idea at that point? No, no, I'm just sitting. I was pretty excited uh, to get a call in the brisket, and I came back, and, you know, Johnny Trigg wasn't making things easy. I was sitting with him, and he goes, I think you won it. I said, Johnny, good. no, quiet. He goes, son, I think you won it. And I said, no, I don't think so. He goes, well, let's just watch Luckily, well, that was pretty funny. Luckily, things play out the way they do. Now, look, um, if I can be blunt, Sterling, and I, I don't, I don't necessarily think I'm, I'm uh, speaking out of school here, but I, I don't know if you were necessarily like the the odds-on favorite on that short list of teams to win the whole American Royal Invitational, considering some of the teams that were there and how hot they have been cooking as of late. Not saying that you weren't there to win. Obviously, you're all there to win. So. At the end, when Big Papa Smokers is called as grand champion, what are some kind of those uh, emotions that are immediately rushing over you uh, as the name's called out? 
well, really, you know, it's surreal and it's exciting. But I'll tell you something. One of the things I like is, number one, we're not favored because we haven't won a ton. We've won enough to get there. Number two, we're from California, and there's a big California bias, which hopefully we're uh, quieting that down a little bit. You know, and one of the things about I've noticed about barbecue, because, you know, I have the online store, everybody in each region is buying the same stuff. Whether it's California or Florida, it's, it's like sort of funny now. And in a way, it's, it's sad because it's kind of the globalization or homogenization of barbecue. The flavor profiles are pretty similar, and I think it's because of the Internet, because of classes, because of videos. So, you know, I feel pretty good that we're the first team, I think, west of the Rockies to win the American Royal Invitational. Maybe that'll knock down some of the stigma about California barbecue. Now, I guess for the people that don't understand what you're actually getting at there, when you're talking about the California bias or, or the California stigma, what is it that you're you're trying to overcome, or what kind of an uphill battle is, is there perceived to be for the West Coast teams that you're having to jump through? Well, we're you know we're obviously not Iowa or Kansas City or even Florida or Georgia, but I think we're better than uh, we may have been given credit. There's a lot of great teams out there. There's Left Coast. There's there's a bunch of guys who really can win on any given day. Is there a difference? And you kind of alluded to it, I guess, but there's always also been this kind of the West Coasters are more of a spicy, uh, more of a less sweet flavor profile. Not necessarily the case in your uh, in your estimation? No, I actually think we're probably sweeter, if anything. All right, Sterling Ball joining so, me here on the show. Um when, okay, so you win overall grand champion, which has to be like absolutely amazing. It's a wonderful thing, a huge event to win, obviously. So you have like what yeah. eight minutes to enjoy the win before you have to like turn around and start the open portion preparation and all that stuff. You know, after all well, of no, this, I'm sorry, go ahead, Greg. I was involved. I was involved in the Hall of Fame, uh, in in the creation of it, and that was starting right after it. So I sort of had to dive right into that. And uh, and that was really that was it was just a it was a fun night. But Jody and I were walking back after the Hall of Fame, and I said, you know, Jody goes, I gotta make boxes. I said, I don't have any pork. I gotta season my brisket. So the the party wasn't very long. Yeah, I was gonna say we so had to get back to work. Maybe eight minutes, more like eight seconds, if you're also dealing with uh, the Hall of Fame stuff, uh, which uh, to all accounts went off without a hitch as well. At the, when you start, great. when you start getting ready for the open portion, given all the other stuff and the big win at the Invitational side, and now you're kind of getting back to them. Has any of the has the winning of the Royal Invitational side began to sink in yet and kind of realizing that accomplishment and what it means? You know, Jody and I kept joking each other, hey, Jody, we won, we won the uh, Invitational. And a lot of our friends came by. And one of the things uh, to just... You know, when we go back there, we get to see everybody, and we're friends with, you know, Pigskin and uh, Andy and Kim and Smoke on Wheels help set up our camp for us, and Todd Johns and, you know, Johnny and Jamie and all those guys. So they were very supportive, very nice. It was it was a really warm, nice deal. Now, you had a decent showing at the open portion as well, um, you know, finishing within probably a little bit higher than the, the top one, fifth, 99th out of 525 teams. 
do you feel you cook just as well in, in that style of cooking venue, or is there something a little bit different the next day? Well, I, let me just tell you, if I have a choice of winning one or the other, it would be the invitational. Um, I don't want to take anything away. I mean, the open winner cooked great both days. You know, Adam and Harmony's Hog Delicious, another California team, had a great uh, showing both days. Uh, but, you know, Chris Lilly got a 143 in ribs. We got a 154 in chicken, which took us down to 99. Our other scores were actually very, very good. So overall, so you were definitely happy with the with the open performance as well. Oh yeah, that you just got. Listen, honestly, the American Royal to me is my very favorite contest, and the one I probably least like to cook, and that's the open. Now, so you know, because of the the just the sheer amount of teams that are in there, you know, when you cook an event like the open. Do you chalk it up to more of a crapshoot uh, due to that sheer mass of teams, or, or do you think there's still more skill than anything else that prevails a winner on that? I don't know. <laughs> I can tell you, you know, we, we, we both times we cooked the Open, we felt like we cooked well, and, you know, we were on the top, what, 18%. And, you know, five points in the Open can move you up pretty far. You know, I, I have a hard time understanding some of the scores, but, uh, you know, that sounds true. Like, QR does great all the time. They know how to do that. So I think there's probably a way to cook that. And Chicken and Grennan, boy, they had two great days. Oh, absolutely, two great days. Sterling Ball joining me here on the show. Uh, Sterling, before I let you go, uh, obviously still want to talk a little bit about that King of the Smokers contest that you have coming up in December. Uh, we saw something, you know, in a similar vein happen a couple weeks ago in Oakland. You know, do you think that we might be seeing more of this going into the future, more events that are trending towards whatever a, a an old-school or traditional style of cooking barbecue is? Yeah, I, I, I think so. But I think that if you look at the cooker count at the Invitational, I think seven of the top 11 were Jambo. And I think that the Jambo and stick owners, and then the second thing I see a lot, and since I sell smoke, is a lot of, uh, the backwards type or stumps type or gravity feed. I see a lot less pellet cookers. So I think that it's sort of happening on a day-to-day basis in barbecue. Yeah, I was going to ask you because, you know, you also have a, a business interest in the world of barbecue as well because you do cook a bunch of different uh, or you do sell a bunch of different smokers. If over the last maybe two, three years, if the pellet cooker, or not the pellet cooker, but if the offset cookers weren't winning as much and it was more pellet cookers, do you think seven of the ten uh, top teams would be cooking on pellet cookers if that were the case? It's kind of mimicking or um, repeating what's winning? Yeah, but, or I just think it's an evolution of flavor. But I'll tell you another thing about a California team, too, just like to come back, is that, you know, I've got rubs like the money and happy ending, and I would say probably. 15% of the teams there were using my rubs. So, and they've been winning all year, so I think it's kind of, it's, it's, it's um, an interesting thing. I mean, still the best name for a rub I've ever heard. Five years ago, you would have seen people buying rubs from the California barbecue team. Correct. Well, I mean, uh, I haven't tasted it yet, but the name is second to none. Thanks. Happy I ending. sort of struggle at marketing. <laughs> yeah. Well, I don't know. A happy ending rub seems to be, uh, you know, kind of uh, equally applicable to actually cooking and then also some other stuff that people may or may not know about. 
Um, Sterling Ball is the pitmaster of Big Papa Smokers, the newest American Royal Invitational Champ, and will be hosting King of the Smokers competition coming up this December. Sterling, congratulations again on the huge win this past weekend of the Invitational. Thanks for coming on tonight to break it down. I certainly appreciate it. Yeah, we're off to Santee now. Have uh, have a couple drinks on me. All right. All right, buddy. Green on cranberry. I'll see you. There you go. Take care. There he is. Sterling Ball, winner of the American Royal 2012, if you need him. I want to sit here and say that, you know, maybe a little residual karma from a couple weeks ago. I don't know. Huge event to win. You can walk away from that one this year going, hey, the best of the best were there. We came out on top. See you next year. Happy to have me. Good job for him. Good job for uh, his teammate as well. God, that would be a great one to win. Who doesn't want to win that one? Damn, BigPapaSmokers.com. BigPapaSmokers.com is uh, Sterling's website as well. Great guy to talk to. Very successful uh, in the cooking side and uh, business side as well. All right, gang, quick reminder. Here you go. In the doghouse, guys. Guys, I'm talking to you. You in the doghouse? You did something foolish? Got to get back into the house? You want to sleep back in your bed again? Don't know what to do? I have the answer for you. His name is Stephen DeFranco from Stephen DeFranco Jewelers. The website is this, stephendefranco.com, D-I-F-R-A-N-C-O, stephendefranco.com. You go on the website, you look at all of the items that he has to offer, whether it be Highly fine-crafted timepieces, rings of any size, shape, color, or fashion. You have the necklaces, you have the tennis bracelets, you have the wedding bands, all of this stuff. But we finally know somebody in the industry. And this isn't like, you know, a sales guy that I know that I'm kind of giving you the hookup with. Uh, He owns the store, ladies and gentlemen. Stephen DeFranco is Stephen DeFranco. So once you find something that you like on the website, you call him directly. 440-943-2700, 440-943-2700, 440-943-2700, 440-943-2700. You tell me you're a barbecue brother, or you tell me you're a fan of the Barbecue Central radio show, that you listen every week, the Rempy has finally broken you down, you're calling in after you've seen whatever it is on the website that's taken your eye, that you've taken an interest in. Watch the price drop. Huge dollars off. If you're a watch guy, you get the, uh, the watch protection plan, Free batteries for life. We'll wind it for you. We'll set the date. Make sure everything is all set. It always ships to you free no matter what you're ordering. So that's always nice. Plus, he will be able to consult with you to make sure you're getting exactly what you need, whether it be a watch. They do customization things with those watches, a lot of them. Uh, whether it's the, the right kind of ring or the right kind of chain, if you're trying to meet an expectation or a holiday or get back into bed because somebody's kicked you out because you're a douche. Steve is my anti-douche medicine. Can I say that? Instead of taking a pill, take a Stephen DeFranco. He will anti-douche you. 440-943-2700. That's 440-943-2700. StephenDeFranco.com. Tell him I sent you. And get the crazy-ass price hookup. All right, quick break. We'll head back to the newsroom where we will get the winner of the American Royal Open portion of the show, Jeff Vanderlinde. Shake it and grin it. You're listening to the Barbecue Central Radio Show right here on the Barbecue Central Radio Network. 
Get in the smoke. Call 877-448-0433 to get on the air. Now, here's your host, Greg Rampey. Big B, new sound band, suburban Let's go! I'm an outlaw. Give me two shots. We don't need a radio. Bring a jukebox. All right, just shy of uh, 38 minutes past the hour. 22 minutes till the top. 877-448-0433. Greg at thebbqcentralshow.com. Thanks again to Sterling Ball, Big Papa Smokers, talking about the invitational win. My next guest tonight was also at the Royal this past weekend, finished 29th overall at the Invitational portion on Saturday, won the whole damn thing on Sunday, grand champion in the Malie, known as the American Royal Open. Here to recap the win and the weekend in general, pitmaster of Shiggin and Grinnin. Trace over the hotline, grab Jeff Vanderlinde. Jeff, how are you, buddy? Uh-oh. Jeff, how are you, buddy? Not bad. Good, Jeff. I appreciate you taking the time to join me tonight and kind of recap uh, what was probably a nice wild weekend here. Now, uh, before we get into the, the talking and breaking down the weekend, uh, for the folks that don't know the team's story, you know, maybe a little bit of info on you, how you kind of broke into the competition barbecue scene, and then when you formed Shigan and Grinnin and, and kind of go from there. Uh, I started by 07 in sponsoring a contest, and it was just something that wanted when I was sponsoring the contest the cooks invited me in to all their sites uh, just took me in the family and the bit kind of started it all and something that we love to do and cooked on an old team for a year or two and then in 08 we formed Shigan and Grinning. I got a picture of uh, both you and Sterling Ball uh, kings kings of the ball as it were the invitational and the open winners uh, you know, the team pulls double duty this past weekend before we hit the open portion and obviously the win there. How did the invitational cook go for you and how satisfied are you and the team with an 29th overall finish out of 150, uh, 150 of the best teams out there in the country right now? You know, it was we had a good cook. Actually, I think we had a better cook on the invite in a couple of categories, but 29th and that type of field absolutely amazing uh my teammates Derek Schonsberg Ted Moonen uh there's, there's nothing like the Royal so how quick of a turnaround was it for you and the team to start prepping for that open cook do you have any time to decompress and kind of strategize for the open portion or is that something that's all done well in advance and you're just right back at it you know, we kind of hit a stride when we went right back into it. Uh, we're kind of known as a team that likes to live it up our nightlife. And when my teammates maybe have a little bit more reputation on that, I'm I'm the one that goes tries to go back. But at the Royal, I kind of got caught up in excitement and probably indulged a little bit too much myself on a Saturday night celebrating, you know, Friday because we did have a good cook. I mean, what kind of a atmosphere and situation is that whole weekend like how many times have you been before uh this is the third year in the invite and the open so third year in i mean you kind of have that schedule down i mean you're not just kind of wide-eyed or pie-eyed going into it like a neophyte Uh, but like you said i mean it's kind of a huge deal so when you're getting kind of caught up into some of the celebrations and some of the other things that are happening you know how, how is it best to kind of pace yourself so you're not getting too off course 
Well, drink a lot of water. Um, we've been lucky all the years at the Royal. I think we've been we've always finished in the 30s in the open um, and in the invite. So it's a, it's a contest that's good to us, and we felt that you know we put the right cook together. Uh, it was something that we hope to win. Obviously, uh, Jeff Vanderlinde joining me here on the show, uh, pitmaster of Shigan and Grinnin. Do you make any adjustments to your cook when you go into a lot of 500-plus teams versus how you cooked for that invitational side or same as this? You know, we did same as is. Uh, the only thing we changed for the Open is I used extra rub. We felt uh, Ted on our team felt that the chicken was a little bland and the ribs were a little bland. So I, I did double up on some of the rubs that we used with the judges and the kind of the crap shoot that's there. We felt it had to be a w- big flavor and it obviously worked for us. Is chicken and grinning using something that's commercially made or you guys make your own like rubs and injections and stuff? We use commercially made and then doctor everything up. Um, and in my book, we've tried making our own rubs. We found it's actually cheaper to go commercial. Um, and there's so many rubs that are out there that are good rubs, and you can find some micro stuff. So we're primarily sticking to adding our flavor to everything. So uh, overall, how does the cook go for you Saturday night into Sunday? Anything you know, crazy or naked women running around? Anything out of the ordinary you had to contend with? No, you know, the Royal, the few uh, overzealous fans and, you know, the 2 o'clock in the morning gets a little bit more. But what really worked for us is Thursday night and Friday night, our team really lived it up. So by the time Saturday night, we were playing war out, and we throw our meat on, our big meats on at 11 o'clock at night, and we were trying to keep our eyes open until 11. Matter of fact, our big meats went on, and I was uh, laying down in the motorhome by 11.19 that night, which probably is the biggest factor uh, to contribute to our win. Yeah, you've got to be fresh and make sure that you're choosing all the right things to get in those boxes to give you the best opportunity to win. Were you happy with all of those meets and the, those respective turn-ins as you run them to the tent? We were. Um, you know, after our chicken turn-in, Derek does all our turn-ins. He came back, and I uh, grabbed a piece of chicken, and I stuck it with my chicken hook, and it was so juicy that the juice squirted it up on me, and I knew we had something good at that point in chicken. Uh, chicken is usually our strong suit. Um, last year, we were fortunate enough to walk in Bentonville with our chicken and at the Jack Daniels third in each of them. So chicken is our usually our strong suit. So before the awards happen, and we're talking with Jeff Vanderlindy from Chicken and Grin, and they won the uh, open portion this past weekend at the American Royal. Um, before the awards happen, when you are reviewing the cook with a team, is there any talk at that point about winning this bad boy, or is it just like too big of a field to even kind of get into that mindset at that point? It's just too big a field. Uh, you know, we're fortunate. I may have a couple of really good friends in uh, Joe at Tippy Canoe and Ryan over at Big T's, and we were actually in the back with them hoping uh, that we'd be able to celebrate one of their wins after Joe last year. And Ryan, you can't take it away from him. He's always in the mix. Yeah, had very uh, consistent cooks also this past weekend, uh, top ten in both. Before the yep. awards happen, when um, – I'm sorry, uh, when you're – kind of QI was called for reserve and I'm just kind of like I'm always wondering where the head is at for these pitmasters. Uh, so where is the head at when QI was called for reserve? Is there a quick banner back and forth with you guys like damn we might have won this thing is there some sour grapes going on? Where are you at right before that last name is called? You know what? We were kind of sour grapes. Uh, we had no idea we had what it took to win this. 
And we have been known as a team, we can be consistent, and we always blow one category up. And we thought for sure after QL and big T's and to hang with those guys, we just, no, there was no way at that point we thought we had a chance to win it. You know, it never fails to amaze me, Jeff, that every time I'm talking to a pitmaster when I ask him that question, I don't think I've ever heard one guy say, yeah, we knew we had it in the bag that time. It's always like the opposite direction. Is that just like case in point for all pitmasters? Well, you never know. With the quality of cooks that were there, it only takes one, uh, one category to knock you out. And with the judges, you, I would love to say we, we knew we were going to win it. We absolutely didn't know. We thought we lost it and we blew a category up. It was, it was just so unbelievable. Um, I am still shaking sitting in my chair right now. Yeah, I was going to say, which obviously is my uh, dovetailed next question, when Shigan and Grin is called for overall champ, and what are those initial motions like for you guys and the, you know the whole team? You know, I think I hugged everybody. Um, it was a total blur to me. I really don't remember. I remember celebrating with Joe and Ryan, and you know, a shout out to Ryan. What I didn't know at that time is he was videotaping us. So he has the video, and I, I've watched it probably ten times now. As a matter of fact, he just posted it on the Brethren, and. It just it brought back stuff that I didn't even know that happened. It, it everything to me for the next fifteen minutes was a blur. It's like one of the best blurs ever, though, right? Oh, I wish you know <laughs> it, it, it was the best blur ever. I was joking. I was so nervous when we were up on stage. I've never had that problem where my uh, my mouth was so dry I couldn't smile because my lips were sticking into my teeth. <laughs> there, absolutely. Now, uh, I mean, you get a nice payday for uh, for the win, uh, but you also get invites, if I'm not mistaken, to the Kingsford Invitational and the uh, the World Food Championships or whatever it is in Vegas. That's correct, yeah. right? Yep. Uh, how excited are you guys to get that after, or to get after those two competitions? Uh, very much excited. I don't at this point. We don't know if the World Food Championships going to be in the cards for us. Uh, that's in three weeks, and ironically, the week before we are in Vegas for my wife's 40th birthday party. Nice. And I just don't think, being from Minnesota, that we will be able to get back out there. But I, it's a decision that hasn't been made yet. But the Sam's or the um, Kingsford one, absolutely. Also, we're looking. We've got a call today from um, the um, one in Texas. The um, Oh, now I forget. Livestock show. I'm sorry. Oh, the yeah. Livestock show. We'll, we'll definitely be going down there. And then, of course, we get uh, lucky enough to get our third appearance at the Jack for next year again. All right, cool. So uh, I was just going to say, uh, are you cooking the Jack uh, this year then? No, we cooked it the last two years, and we weren't fortunate enough to get in the draw this year. All right, so no Jack for you. Uh, so that makes it very easy for me to say, well, let me do this before I ask you the inevitable question that you're not going to want to answer. Would would winning if you if you do end up competing at the World Food Championships in Vegas, uh, and then Kingsford, would winning either of those two events begin to compare with what went down this past weekend, uh, or is this like an all timer for you that you're going to be talking about for eons to come? Well, I think it's going to be an all-timer. I, I thought the highlight last year was fourth overall to Jack, and I didn't think it was going to get any better for a bunch of local boys from Minnesota. But it, this, you know, it, it's tough to say. I'd love to cross that bridge and see what it's going to feel like, but right now I can't imagine anything the high that we just experienced on Sunday night. What are you guys cooking on? I'm uh, cooking on a, a old hickory, a CTO, and two Traeger grills. 
big meets on this uh on the cto the traeger grills were kind of brought in as a joke um one gentleman <laughs> that we competed against could never get a call and i said i'd take it and i'd beat him with it every week and that is actually what we cooked the ribs on that we were third place was on the trigger grill not joke ribs evidently no we got lucky there Jeff Vanderlindy joining me here on the show, pitmaster of Shigan and Grinnin. They won the uh, open portion this past weekend at the American Royal. So if I could tell you right now, Jeff, you uh, just slide me over the grand championship this past weekend at the uh, Royal Open, and that will guarantee you a Jack Daniels win. Do you take me up on that trade? If, uh, if so, why? You know, if if I would, it's the prestige, uh, prestige of the Jack. You know, we've been there twice. Uh, it's just a contest like no other. But the competition at the American Royal, it's everybody. There's been countless teams that haven't been fortunate enough to get into the Jack that have won 30, 40 grand champions. So when it comes to competition, I think the American Royal is hands down a strong competi- stronger of the two competitions. So you'll keep that win and not take me up on me guaranteeing you the win for the for the Jack. Ah, uh, well, oh, 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 oh. <laughs> how about both? <laughs> yeah, of course. How about both? But it has it always has to be one or the other with me. I'm Sophie's choice. You know, I'm living in the moment right now, so I'm going to say I'm going to stay in the moment. Absolutely, I agree. I happen to agree with you. By, uh, by chance, but I have my own view on the Jack Daniels, which we won't get into tonight because we don't have that much time. All right, uh, yeah. so uh, you're cooking on uh, the old Hickory. You're cooking on Traegers. Where are you going to be competing at next? Uh, well, right now, if it would be next, it's going to be the World uh, Food Championships in Vegas. Okay. And then I believe the Kingsford is in November sometime. It's kind of been a world one. We haven't gotten all straightened out. Um Ironically, we were supposed to be cooking uh, on a new jambo, and we were going to have it delivered to Addis to the Royal, and it got mixed up a couple days before, so we ended up uh, staying with the CTO, and I think the CTO is probably going to work its way out throughout the season now. Well, uh, you're having a pretty good look with it, uh, so why fix what ain't broke? Uh, Jeff Vanderlindy joining me here on the show, recapping the win over at the American Royal Open portion, and uh, a very good showing on the invitational side as well. Jeff, appreciate the time tonight. Thanks for helping me break it down, and continued success to you. I'm sure we'll talk to you soon. Appreciate it. Thank you for your time. Yeah, you got it. There he is. Jeff Vanderlindy. The trouble with sound effects, evidently. Uh, no website that I know of, so... I can't tell you go to shiganandgrinnin.com, but um, you can find Jeff individually on the Facebooks. I try to find him through the Googles, and uh, luckily, through the magic of the Internet and then the Facebook, I was able to uh, find some people that had contact information, and uh, they were able to put me in touch with them. So, great interview, a lot of, uh, lot of great energy. Look, what makes a great video or audio guest is... You know, they might not be saying the best things. I'm not saying Jeff didn't say the great things, uh, but it's the passion and the enthusiasm in the voice. Obviously, they're very good cooks. And you win the Open. That's saying something now. 500-plus teams. you got to be kidding me. Not on a Jambo. Interesting note. Pellet cooker and an old hickory, which traditionally are like electric cookers, but you can't have electric cookers. Don't want that now. Can't have electric cookers. Hey, foolish. They have gas-powered cookers. That's foolish. I mean, you can... Never mind. All right. Uh, talking about pellet cookers, I have one. It's called a Gorilla. Also, uh, the big sponsor underneath, Green Mountain Grills, are pellet cookers. 
Maybe you have one. Maybe you just got one and you, you're like, where am I going to find these pellets to put in this pellet-fired cooker? I wasn't thinking ahead. I am not somebody that plans out well. I will help you take care of that problem. Go to Barbecuer's Delight, widely considered to be the pellet resource for pellet-fired cookers. Uh, whether you're on the competition trail like uh, Jeff Vanderlindy or you're just a backyard hack like me, Folks choose barbecuers of Lightwood Pellets more than any other brand for their superior quality, flavor. You should give them a try as well. Get ready, get going, get ordering. BBQRSDelight.com. That's BBQRSDelight.com. Now, maybe you don't have a pellet cooker. Don't be sad. Maybe you got a grill, charcoal grill or gas grill or whatever. You can still take advantage of the pellet revolution on your gas or charcoal grill or smoker by grabbing the cast iron pot option. See? Get off the 480 bridge. Don't jump over. Only Cleveland fans are going to realize the 480 bridge. Are you not familiar with pellets? Let me tell you about these things. First of all, it's sterile. They're made by pressure that generates heat. Pretty much cleans out anything that might contaminate that wood, so it's a sterile smoking product. Plus, you don't have to soak it in water before use, which is completely ridiculous anyway when people are soaking wood chunks in water. Don't fool yourself, folks. That's a scam now. Like searing in, uh, seals the juices in. That's BS. Now, let me remind you of one thing here, though. You know, when you get that cast iron pot option of the small sampler packs or one-pound bags, that's all flavor wood. When you step up to the fuel for the cookers, the pellet fire cookers, the grillers, the Green Mountain grills, the Fast Eddie cookers, the Traegers, what have you, that's a mix. Two-thirds oak, one-third flavor wood. You need to have that right mixture to give you the high BTU burn, for that consistent temperature, but still want that flavor wood smoke. That's why you get the one-third cup in there as well. Or one-third, not one-third cup. Uh, you get that one-third in there as well. So do yourself a favor. Grab some barbecuers or like wood pellets right now. Visit them at bbqrsdelight.com. Check out all the flavors. They have like 14 or 15 styles of pellets. And stop fussing with the sticks and the chunks. Barbecuers are like the choice of competition cooks and backyard hacks like me. Oh, BBQRS Delight bbqrsdelight.com will wrap up the site of first hour right after this stick around I'll be right back big name interviews advice on cooking brisket and ribs and the only host willing to share his honest opinion on all things important in the world of barbecue it's the barbecue central show Who would have thought this music thing was going to go this far? I never asked right. for this. We are back. I never asked for this fast living, the women, the whiskey, craziness. Now look, we're going to get back here when we're talking to, to Danielle. So, oh, shit. The, if, if the demo portion was out, doesn't it look like I'm in a newsroom? I cut my own head off. Watch this. Green screen fun. I think it gives me a credibility of a newsman of a journalist it's high watermark baby high water hey everybody high water okay uh, 877-448-0433 greg at the bbq central show.com uh thanks again to my first hour guests they won their respective divisions of the american royal the invitational side sterling ball big papa smokers congratulations to him BigPapaSmokers.com. Also, a big thanks to Jeff Vanderlindy. A little harder to track down the Sterling. 
Jeff, you know, I don't want to discourage you from going to world championships, but you were on the show, so there's a very good chance that you could show up and just win by mailing it in. It's called Show Karma, Jeff. Maybe I didn't tell you about it when we were talking off uh, off air. Very easy to use, very powerful, and it never doesn't work. It's the best thing ever. Uh, so thanks to Jeff Vanderlindy, Shigan, and Grin, and they won the open portion. 500-plus teams, they come out on top. And uh, no Jack this year, but because they won the Open, they will be back at the Jack next year. So they'll take a year off, and uh, they will be back next year in Lynchburg. Chicken and Grinning does not have a official website that I could find on the Googles, so I can't point you anywhere, but uh, Jeff does have an individual Facebook page. So if you like the Facebook, if you interact on the Facebook you can, A, friend me first by my name, Greg Rempe. You can also then go to the Barbecue Central Radio Show, which I believe is like Facebook slash BBQ Central Radio Show, something like that, and like that page. We're rapidly getting to almost 150 likes. Nightmare. How can I have 3,000 friends on the regular Facebook and 120 likes? <laughs> Pathetic. Of course, you can also follow me on the Twitter at BBQ Central Show. At BBQ Central Show on the Twitter. I'm, I'm tweeting all the time. It's reckless abandon. I always have some tidbits to share, some great retweets, some specials, if you will. Uh, so thanks to my first hour guests again, the Sterling Ball and uh, Jeff Vanderlindy, Chicken and Grinning, and Big Papa Smokers. Sterling Ball, Big Papa Smokers, Jeff Vanderlindy, Chicken and Grinning. All right, uh, we'll step away briefly when we come back. Uh, second takes, got some videos to show you guys. Might get into my own version of photo bombing before it became very popular like three weeks ago. See the one where like the, the killer whale's behind the little girl, and the little girl's like, <laughs> I should put in a photo bombing segment in this show. I could do it with the green screen behind it. This is what it looks like uh, without. That's a green screen right there. Boom. Boom. Maybe we'll do the photo bomb segment sponsored by Gilling Gilly Gills Ford. Whatever. And then after second takes, a diva rounds out the second hour. I will get her take on uh, the American Royal Open and uh, barbecue crawl. Stick around for that. I will see you in about twenty-five seconds. You're listening to Barbecue Central Show right here on the Barbecue Central Radio Networks. Fairfax, Vermont, also known as Scotty the Q, and you're listening to the Barbecue Central Show. From my heart and from my hand, why don't people understand my intention? Happy to have you aboard here for the really big barbecue show. We cook because we have to, and we grill because we want to. Fine, how's it going? <laughs> You have a great show. I'm a big fan. So what 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 seems to be the problem here? This man looks like he's dead, and he's in the in the crackle. Charbono, it's all about the Charbono, dude. 
succulent fish. What? He ate Vimpsy for Wiener. I'm shaking like a dog shit peach seeds. <laughs> you could use it to fight off creeping marauders looking to take your steaks off your grill. I just like being anywhere with Junior, Senior, and Diva. Sounds like a whole type of movie. Wow. Yeah, really. Keep it hot, keep it clean, keep it lubricated. We have top men working on it right now. Top men. Oh, that's right. Top men have allowed me to do the second hour of the show, ladies and gentlemen. 877-448-0433. Greg at the BBQCentralShow.com. 13 minutes from now, Danielle Domofsky of DBQ will be joining me to round out the second hour. Very excited to talk to her. Been a little while, so always nice to get caught up with the diva. Thanks again to Jeff Vanderlindy and Sterling Ball, respectively, for joining me, talking about the wins at the Invitational and Open. Survey Tuesday questions. Here we go. Feel free to jump in. Uh, what was or is the best barbecue show on television? For me, oh boy, man, I'm gonna. There's potential I could catch heat on this one now. The best show for me, I loved it. This is really what turned my love of live fire cooking on. Uh, barbecue You, um, Stephen Riker. It's on PBS. I watched it. I recorded it. I was completely addicted to it. Uh, Stephen is one of my kind of idols, I guess. And he's been on the show a couple times, which has nothing to do with what I liked because I, I liked the show way before I uh, was, was actually able to talk to Stephen. So um, that, that's my, that was my favorite TV show ever. Question number two. Who did you think would place better than they did at the American Royal Invitational? Honestly, three guys. Thought they placed better. Look, let's be honest. It's competition barbecue. If this was stuff that Vegas could go and get odds on, don't you think they would be getting odds on? Vegas is in a place that likes to not get money if they possibly can. I just think it's so far not off base but it it differs so much from week to week that you couldn't you couldn't really put definitive odds on on one team over another regardless of how well they have been doing 10 grand championships or not Dan you guys have been cooking your ass off but I don't know if Vegas is ready to give you odds per se I thought they would do a little bit better Uh, also I thought uh, Harry Sue would do a lot better he finished way down so those were two of the biggest surprises for me that I thought would finish uh, you know, a lot higher, maybe top 20 or up. Uh, question number three. Week five of the NFL season is over. Thank God for Cleveland. Who's going to be in the Super Bowl? Hmm. My prognostication skills say right now, San Francisco 49ers. They are tough. I know Houston is tough as well. I think San Francisco is the team to beat right now. Very well balanced. Their defense is a mother. I love their coach. If I could somehow find a way to get Pat Shermer fired, I probably won't even need to find out a way. He's going to do that himself. I think he'll be fired by week seven or eight. So there you go. Weigh in with your own Survey Tuesday question answers, as you will, in the chat, or shoot them to me via the email if you want to. Uh, coming up on next week's show, Sam the Cooking Guy making a regular appearance. Uh, the winner of the Sam's Club series, 
The finals of the Sam's Club taking place this coming weekend, ladies and gentlemen. Maybe you didn't know about that. That's right. We'll have the winner of the Sam's Club series on next week's show. Locked and loaded. I don't know exactly who we're talking about. I can guarantee you'll have them on. And then uh, Mike McLeod, president and CEO of uh, MMA Creative. Uh, they are all locked down for next week's show. Uh, Mike will be kind of recapping the whole same series in its entirety and then talking about some uh, upcoming promotions. So I promised you guys some links, some video stuff. And oh, hold on, Fred. Just relax. Let me Let me blow you out the full screen here. Now, this is a uh, show sponsor, one of my favorite guys ever, Fred Bernardo. Let me give you a little sound. Listen to this guy. This guy's crazy. Hey, folks. Fred Bernardo, the smoking guitar player from Tasty Licks Barbecue Supply in Chillington, Pennsylvania. Hey, how you doing? Guess what we're going to cook today. Let me give you a hint. What? That's right, bullhorns. Here we go. He's going to go over how to French, uh, French, as you call it, French, you know, where you push all the, the meat down from the top down to the to the the bulbous bottom, if you will. Oh, now we're buffering? Give me a break. Oh, no. No. That's the whole part. Don't ruin it. Oh. Okay. Come outside. Here we go. Grill here. This we're going to put them on our rack, and we're going to cook them in this pellet grill. Now, we listen. got it at 275 degrees. He said we're going to put it on a rack at, uh, you know, 200. So they're going to put the drumettes on a rack. Best part of the whole thing coming up right here. And we're going to put them in here. There's our rack. We're going to hang them right on there, see? Look at that. That's going to make a nice presentation just like that. Look. There you go. See what's happening? Isn't that pretty like that? Look at that. Got room for one more over there. And we'll put some over here next to the rack that don't fit on the rack. <laughs> oh my god. We're gonna cook them to perfection until that bacon starts getting a little done. I, I don't know. I mean how it's it's videos like that that make me wonder how the hell are, are people not going out and buying uh, these uh, these chicken drumstick holders. <laughs> uh, the toothpick shand was to keep the piece of bacon on. Don't be, uh, don't be all skeeved out. All right, uh, here's the next thing that I wanted to show you guys. These are the uh, top ten food myths and one surprising truth. Food myth number one: Pop rocks and cola equal instant death. Don't eat Pop Rocks with Coke. You could explode like that kid on the Life Cereal ad. The mother of all food myths occasionally surfaces to fight zero evidence that Pop Rocks invented in 1956 can blow up humans. Um, I didn't necessarily think that that was actually the case, but just in case, no, it didn't. Didn't kill Mikey. A question or uh, myth number two, if you're craving a certain food, you're low in nutrient. Uh, it can, if it contains, would that... What? Ice cream and bugles for all. Unfortunately, we humans can't discern the presence of individual nutrients in food. A craving for red meat doesn't mean you have an iron deficiency. It probably just means you want a steak, just like us. Uh, Myth number three, absinthe. Okay, real absinthe will make you hallucinate. 
It's illegal in the states from uh, 1912 to 2007, thanks to Partners' reputation for causing hallucinations and criminality. Absinthe is traditionally made using wormwood, a shrub containing the chemical theonjun. Thojun does have some pharmacological properties, but you need to drink a pint of absinthe to get a mild thonjun buzz. Myth broken. Number four, eating yogurt can stop traveler's diarrhea. Anyone from... Uh, Suffered from the Montezuma's Revenge. Only be told that uh, eating some uh, yogurt will combat that stomach condition. New Delhi-based reporter thought eating yogurt would protect him from the local bacteria, but after eating a tempting-looking but evil mango, he learned from the CDC that there is no food on the planet that will prevent travelers' diarrhea. How about beer than liquor never sicker? I never understood that one. In college, people would always say it, a beer before liquor, never sicker, liquor before beer, you're in the clear. What a bunch of BS, right? The hard truth is that the more you drink, the worse you're going to feel the next day, especially now when you're getting old like me. Truth, Ruth. Beer and sparkling wine tend to irritate the stomach lining and speed up alcohol's absorption rate, so you might get drunker faster if you moved to hard liquor after you drank beer. But, you know, you're not going to get sick if you drink one first over the other. Eating before bed can kill a hangover. Wrong. Absolutely not. Uh, Searing a steak or burger seals in the juices. No. This one sounds so awesome that you want it to be true, but folks have tested it and found searing or roasting can sometimes diminish meat's juices. And it goes on to tell you what searing actually does, which I've told you about 750 times on this show. But here you're getting it from an unauthorized source. Don't believe me now. Uh... You can get Alzheimer's disease by using aluminum pots and pants. No. Uh, The five-second rule. Little chestnut rears its head whenever someone drops something. It says five-second rule. Uh, Probably should become the zero-second rule. In the 2007 study, 99% of salmonella bacteria immediately clung to a piece of bologna dropped on the floor by British people. Uh, So there you go. little fun fact for you guys. Before we uh, move on to the interview portion of the second hour, I knew that searing in the juice is a bunch of BS. I knew it. I could feel it in every fiber of my being. In the cockle regions, nay, the subcockle regions of my very heart. Uh, quickly, before we get to Danielle Domofsky, you know, we've talked about this uh, potential swing of getting back to more traditional style barbecue and all that crap. But who cares? Let me talk to you about the biggest, longest-running sponsor of the show, the Barbecue Guru, the antithesis of what people are looking to possibly get back to. Uh, this is an automatic pit temperature control device. They're the creators of this technology. Don't go anywhere else. Don't be fooled by these other gadgets that are out there. These guys created this technology, so why would you buy from anybody else? I don't know. Maybe you're a kook. If you're a kook, be, do kooky stuff. If you're not a kook like me and the majority of centralites, you go to the Barbecue Guru. Now, Maybe you're not familiar with how these little things work, right? I'm not going to get into the minute details, the minutiae, if you will. But imagine a product that allows you to set your pit temperature in one set. It keeps it running and set at that temperature all the way through the cook. Sound too good to be true? It's not. This is real-life technology. You can take advantage of it today. Now, maybe you're a busy working professional. Perhaps you're constantly on the run with kids doing errands. Quite frankly, you just don't have the time to set around 10 pit temps. I'm hip. I agree. The Barbecue Guru allows you to throw on a pork butt or a brisket or a couple slabs of ribs. You have to do whatever it is you need to do to get done. The Barbecue Guru maintains the pit temp you set it at. There's a bunch of different models to chew from. 
the most popular one right now, the CyberQ Wi-Fi unit. You have a hotspot. You have access to Wi-Fi. You can get into the cooking temperatures and meat temperatures and all of that stuff through a smartphone, through a netbook, through a tablet, whatever. And you can make those adjustments accordingly. You don't have to go out to the cooker anymore. Uh, you also have a CyberQ2. You have a DigiQ DX2. You have the PartyQ. It starts at 129 bucks. The PartyQ with the easiest point of entry for all pit temperature control devices. It's a self-contained package that runs on AA batteries. You can hook it to a, a Weber kettle grill or a bullet-style smoker. Uh, for $10 more, you can put it on the ceramic-style grills because you need a special flange. Man, it doesn't get any bit. It's totally portable. You can take it wherever you want. Here's what you want to do. You want to go over to the website, thebbqguru.com. You can check out all the products. If you have any questions about what to order, you call them directly, 800-288-GURU. That's 800-288-GURU. They will make sure you're outfitted with exactly what you need to get you up and running right out of the box. If you have any questions after the sale, 800-288-GURU. Barbecueguru.com. Uh, the Barbecue Guru, a breakthrough in barbecue technology. All right, we'll step away for just a few seconds. We'll come back with Danielle Damoski of DivaQ, and we're going to be talking about a lot of barbecue stuff. Pull on your panties. We'll be right back. Broadcasting live from the Barbecue Central Radio Network Studios in Cleveland, Ohio. You're listening to the Barbecue Central Radio Show. Once again, here's your host, Greg Rampey. All right, uh, just past 14, just past 14 minutes past the hour. About quarter tilt till the top, 877-448-0433. Greg at thebbqcentralshow.com to us to get in touch with the show. My guest for the second hour, certainly no stranger to me or the show. I've made no secrets that she holds kind of a special place in my heart because we kind of broke into this barbecue world near the same time. I'll be more on the informational entertainment side of things. We're cooking first, foremost. Now, a little more on the entertainment side of things. Uh, one of the elite pitmasters in Canada, certainly a very formidable opponent down here in the States as well. So let's go ahead and race over to the hotline and welcome back the pitmaster of DBQ, Danielle Damoski. Diva, how are you? I'm good, Greg. How are you? Um, you're listening to the show, aren't you? Yeah, I know. It shows off. Oh, okay, good. I thought, I'm hearing myself back. Do you have earbuds? Uh, no, not tonight. Unfortunately, my uh, laptop busted out about a week ago, and I'm on my daughter's teeny tiny little netbook. Nook. Oh, oh, you're you're on a Nook. Uh, no, not just on a little tiny HP notebook. Gotcha. All right, so you're on the the notebook, Rick. All right, so we'll see how this goes. If it gets uh, too unbearable for you, just let me know, and uh, we'll go ahead and, and call the telephone. Yeah. But uh, we'll we'll kind of work with it for now. Um, so I'm I'm going to have to caution the listeners right off the top. Because there could be times during our interviews tonight where I come across extremely biased, uh, perhaps gushing at times for things that uh, you have accomplished, you're getting to do right now. And look, I'm not a kiss-ass. I think we can both agree on that. But I, I, I love success stories and seeing all of the hard work that you have been putting in, uh, not only in the public eye, but there's a lot of stuff that you're doing behind the scenes that a lot of people aren't uh, up to speed on. It's great to see people that I have gotten to kind of get my comeuppance with realize some of the dreams. And this has really been a whirlwind year for you 
Uh, on the whole, Danielle, how does 2012 compare to some of these other years that have come before it? Well, 2012 is kind of one of those years where you, you know, it's a lot of hell yeah. Um, and I don't know how else to put it. It's a hell yeah kind of year. Um, it took a lot to get to this point. It took a lot to get Barbecue Crawl on the road. I'm one of the show's co-creators, and uh, it, it just it's amazing. It's been an amazing adventure. Uh, I'm really thrilled. Danielle Demofsky joining me here on the show, DivaQ Pitmaster. Um, we'll get into the show and stuff here in just a little bit. Uh, I'm very excited to talk about it, uh, obviously. But you were also at the American Royal this past weekend and competed in the open portion. Um, look, you know, that's what you want to call it. I don't know about those scores, but uh. you take 160th overall. But look, let's be honest. Uh, you're still probably more in the top one-fifth than, than you're not. I mean, there's 125 other teams out there. Uh, so yeah. you know, let's call it top two-fifths, whatever. I know you, you like to cook. I know you you want to win whenever, probably all the time. I mean, I know you. Yeah. Uh, yeah. How does the finish sit with you, be honest? Oh, it makes me want to barf. Really? Uh, um, that's about as honest as I can be. I was just mortified. I just, you know, it's one of those moments where you see the scores and you just want to either whip a brisket or just – barf or do something it was disgusting i flipping hated it now to now, be i mean to be completely fair i mean you've been doing competitions while you've been filming barbecue crawl and you've done very well at some of the other competitions now given the size given what we know about the open and the associated crapshoot that a lot of other teams are just going to say out there i mean you're no excuses for sure but i mean you have to somehow factor size and all that other stuff into how you're going to finish right you know, the, the one of the last times I competed at the Royal, you know, we had a top 10 finish. We had a sixth call in brisket. Um, I had uh, much higher expectations for my uh, my results at the Royal this year. I'm cooking better this year than I ever have before. Um, I'm definitely much more in the groove this year. You know, it's, uh, you know, this year is the highest we've ever been in KCBS for chicken. Uh, for our other finishes, we're sitting 71st overall, I believe, right now. Uh, my goal this year going in was to be in the top, you know, 100 of KCBS. We're sitting in number 71. Uh, our chicken just dropped to 11th place overall. So I had much better expectations for the Royal. I'm not sure what happened. Um, I know the chicken probably deserved where it landed, but at the other three categories, I'm a little disappointed to say. And and uh, it is what it is. You just you know suck it up, pull up your panties, and move on. Is there no is percentage there- of your mind where it's more crapshoot given the amount of teams, uh, or is oh, I it? Think, I, I think you're hitting that. You know. You know, uh, Mike Davis from Laudable always says something, and I have to agree with him. He says, you know, the good food always rises to the top no matter what the numbers are. And so while I do believe that, you know, um, some of the street judges, I guess, um, have hurt me, uh, at the end of the day, good people always rise up, and that's why you see great teams like Big Papa Smokers, like Shigan and Grinnin, and like so many others that are up there. You know, what it is what it is. Yes. So the team, on the whole, as we were kind of just discussing a couple minutes ago, is having a very good year. How are you gauging your competition success this year compared to previous seasons? I just I feel much more in my groove this year. Um, one of the cool things is that I've gotten to do more contests this year. Other than a couple of uh, very short weekends, I've been on the road since April of this year, and this is now October. And not all of them were KCBS contests. I've just been on the road doing barbecue-related items since April, whether it be Barbecue Pitmasters at the beginning of the season, uh, two episodes of that right into my own show, Barbecue Crawl, at the end of the season, and then, of course, all these competitions in between. Um, I just feel much more in the groove this year. 
Have you been able to work some kind of, I mean, you say all that stuff and you're just kind of rolling off your tongue like no big deal, like everybody does it every day and twice on Sunday, but that's a, a big commitment. You also have a home life. You're married. You have kids. You have you know extended family, all that other stuff. How hard is it? For you to find some type of a, a medium or a workable schedule so it allows you to do all that stuff. Well, you know, one of the coolest things is that I am the luckiest woman in barbecue, hands down. I'm going to say it right out there. I No matter what I come in as, as, as scores, I am the luckiest woman, probably one of the luckiest women in the world. I have the most incredible family. Um you know, my husband, my kids, my friends, my neighbors, my teammates, my mother-in-law, my father-in-law. I am so blessed beyond blessed to have such a supportive family that moves mountains, moves schedules, does anything they can to support my barbecue dream. And if I did not have that support system in place, I could not do this. And so that's why, you know, at the end of the day, um, when I go out and compete, I don't feel like I'm just competing for DVQ. I'm competing for my family, and my friends, because they have given up other things for in order for me to be there. Was there ever, was there? you know, when you started out doing this stuff, and you know, and you and, and Vlad are talking about dreams and delusions of grandeur about uh, all this barbecue stuff you want to get into? <laughs> did you guys ever put together like a, a I want to call it like a timetable of success? So you know, we're gonna we're gonna put in X amount of time, and if we don't reach these benchmarks. We're either going to pull back or just kind of go into another direction, or did you never have that conversation? Well, one of the things is that I was a corporate HR operations manager for 10 years first. I have a degree in marketing and a degree in HR. And so I had a very uh, good career, very good career in that. And uh, one of the things is, is that, you know, sometimes it's much better to live and take some risks. And so barbecue was a big risk and a big uh, a big thrill for me to take on. And my husband and I actually did have quite a few of those kind of conversations. You know, where do I want to go and where did I end up being? I had a, quite a few investors approach me last year and the year before to open a restaurant. Um, and it's not, it was just not on my path and I didn't want to do it. And, uh, the media company I've been working with for about three years and a wonderful woman by the name of Emily Glenn from RTR media productions and Kit Redmond really did believe in me. And so I figured I'd give it another three to five years. And then, you know, I've been doing this for six, seven years now. And uh, I figure after 10 years of this, if I didn't get what I wanted, which was a TV show, then maybe it would be time to look at something else. But in the meantime, you know what, I'm just giving it every single thing I've got. Danielle Damasi joining me here on the show. DivaQ.ca is the website if you want to check her out. She's got a great blog and a lot of great information on her website. Uh, you know, let me back out just for a second, you know, for the people that might be just kind of joining in the show for the first time. Maybe they aren't as familiar with DVQ as some of the rest of us are. How did you get started into this whole Big Bad Barbecue deal? What was your, what was your shining moment of like, man, I got to try that? Well, about six years ago, six and a half years ago, I had a friend by the name of Jim to call me up and say, hey, you know, the Canadian National Opens or Canadian Championships are here in my hometown of Barrie, Ontario. You know, when you, I love, always love to grill. I've always loved to cook. And so we ended up judging. And uh, after I judged that contest, you know, I had some great barbecue, I had some good barbecue, and I had some not so great barbecue. And I said, you know, I really need to get me one of those smoker thingies. And that's exactly what I called it. And that was the beginning of my career in barbecue. And that was my first WSM. That's the Black Beauty. And, and since then, I've bought, you know, 25, 26, 27, I don't know, some odd other grills in the meantime in the last few years. 
and uh, then I just kept going. You know, the it, it, for me, it's not necessarily always to be first. I mean, I love to win, don't get me wrong, but I love the whole experience. You know, I love the fact that there are such an incredible group of people that are out there doing this insane sport. And uh, I just kind of kept going and trying to uh, move along my own barbecue path. You know, we had the website, we have the, the Twitter, we have the blog, we have uh, a great following. And then I got, you know, asked to do a lot of media. So we did the Today Show a few times and we did uh, Canada AM and some other programming and then Hit Masters a couple of seasons. And now uh, ultimately my own show. That's pretty much the Reader's Digest condensed version. Right. All right. So you right. blew the ass end out of some of my questions uh, later on. So I appreciate that. Way to, way to go thoroughly. I appreciate that. Now, when you were at the Royal, did you take part, or like, did you did you watch the whole barbecue Hall of Fame thing? What, what were your what was your take on that? No, actually, I don't have time. Um, unfortunately, I would have liked to go on over and seen uh, some of the other guys win. I mean, I would have, would have been really cool to get over to the the barbecue Hall of Fame. The problem is that what people don't realize is that I had a camera crew in my face all all weekend, the right. entire weekend. And, uh, you know, a lot of the normal, you know, potlucks and parties that I would have attended or gone over and seen, I just did not have time because we had to cover certain content for the show. <clears throat> I would have really enjoyed going over there to the Barbecue Hall of Fame. But unfortunately, you only have so many hours in a day and I wasn't able to. And that's something, you know, it's, it's, it's a disappointment, but you have to have your priorities. Danielle, Danielle. If, if I know anyone will be completely honest with me when I ask this question, I know it's going to be you. Am I a douche? for wondering why the hell Guy Fieri is being inducted into a barbecue hall of fame. No, I think that's a really reasonable question, actually. Um, you know, I'm of the opinion of this. Guy Fieri is probably one of the best, and I know I'm going to get hated for saying this, but <laughs> Guy Fieri is probably one of the best people to pick to go into the hall of fame. And I think it's a very careful balance because they have to have a name to attract media attention, national media attention. We're not talking about little TV shows. We're not talking about little programs. We, we're we talking about big national media, which attracts national sponsors. Right. And so by having Guy Fieri there uh, certainly draws that, and I understand why they would want to do that. Now, now rumor mill has it, and, and you know that maybe he was not – the only person they asked from the big wig names of, of food TV to be inducted into the national hall of fame. Um, but I certainly can understand why they did. I, I would hope that um, in future, oh boy, am I careful boarding this? I hope in future that the selected people for the national barbecue hall of fame may be judged and allocated a place based more on their actual barbecue skills in competitions and in the industry based on name recognition. Um, I understand why they did it. I understand that, that I think Sterling worked his ass off with in conjunction with a lot of people sure, to get sure. this up off, off the ground. And I really do believe that guy has done an exceptionally good job with barbecue, despite what may, many people think he's a douchebag. I will tell you right now, I love a lot of his sauces too. <laughs> I, well, see, um, but, but at the end of the day, um, it would have been nice to see some other names. I mean, not like you maybe would have been a nice name to hear. Um, there would have been other names that I really personally would have liked to hear called and and nominated and inducted into the Barbecue Hall of Fame. 
Um, but at the end of the day, if you do not have those sponsorship dollars to support it, it is a dead fish. And you can't go any further with a dead fish. So they need those those monetary dollars to get those sponsorships to keep it maintained. Uh, I, I just want to make sure that people understand that I don't think I, I like Guy. Like, I would want to hang with Guy and do shots with Guy and get cast off poon from Guy and all of this great stuff. I like did what Guy is all about. Did you cast off poon? Seriously? I did not. I did not. It just sounded like just it. Sound. I'm American. <laughs> um, but in the Hall of Fame, why, why not have him be the MC? That, to me, I think is better. But, you know, again, we're talking about national recognition. It's probably not going to be as much for Guy letting people in or inducting people in. Uh, to the, nevertheless, I mean, I really do have a point of contingency when you're talking about celebrity categories for Halls of Fame. Because now we can look at Halls of Fame. Football, basketball, baseball. And, you know, they're not having, uh, you know, Bugs Bunny being inducted into the National Basketball Hall of Fame because he was in Space Jams with Michael Jordan. Nevertheless, Nevertheless, I'm, uh, I'm satisfying uh, myself and myself only. Uh, Danielle Damascus joining me here on the show. All right, so let me uh, kind of switch pace off of the American Roller just for a second. You know, a year ago or so, um, I was asking Pitmasters about this vanilliaing of the competition flavor profiles, and everyone seemed to be chasing the same thing, and the creative side seemed to be dwindling a little bit. Um, do you still find that to be the case by and large, or is that tide starting to change a little bit? Well, you know, I uh, I'm I'm in one of those kind of weird little places where I am one of, I think one of the few people that actually still makes her sauce on site from scratch for two of my two out of my four categories. I've always made my sauce, you know, our our pork sauce, our chicken sauce, which are traditionally our two best categories. Uh, I make that sauce on site, or I bring it in from home. Um, the rest of the homogenization of of rubs and sauces and flavors, yeah, I'm right on board with those. Because at the end of the day, you kind of got to go, you know, what's it going to take to get me up there? Uh, what's it going to take to – I don't like eating my competition food other than my brisket. I hate it. I hate my chicken. I hate my uh, pork. I hate my ribs. Um, but I make them not for my palate. And if there is an established palate out there and that homogenization, then, then yeah, I'm going to go after it. It would be foolish not to. Do you think there's a point where that will start to break off a little bit? Absolutely. I think everything's cyclical. You know, last year I got seven first places in pork – and I'm doing even better pork this year, and I can't get a call to save my ass. Same recipe, same everything. So there's 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 subtle changes that obviously I missed this year that, that have occurred. Um, I think there's, you know, Sterling's line of rubs. Um, you know, i, I got to tell you, I've used them. There's some great stuff there. That's not to plug them, just to be honest with you. You know, the Andy Groneman Smoke on Wheels, he's got some good crap uh, that he puts in bottles, and, and God knows it's great stuff. You know, butcher barbecue. There's a lot of really good, consistent products out there that a lot of us are using uh, week in and week out because of that. What was the biggest change, or, or what is the biggest change in competition barbecue that you have seen since you started? Maybe something that you used to do that you would never even think about doing right now. I think there's a lot more science-based barbecue going on right now. Um, you know, there's there's a lot of things that are left less to chance. Um, you know, Barbecue Guru makes them a fantastic product. And so there's there's so many uh, products that allow you to dial things in a lot a lot tighter, a lot to uh, 
much more specific levels. You know, there's so many more phosphate-based injections now that are on the market. Um, there's a lot more people applying science to the, the meat and art of barbecue that never would have happened before. You know, it used to be, you know, you just cooked a piece of meat, turned it in, and that's it. Well, now we're analyzing the crap out of it, you know, uh, consulting food scientists and, and doing a lot of other kind of research that never would have occurred before. All right, so uh, let's go ahead and, and transition out of the, the barbecue competition stuff here and get more into the barbecue crawl and TV aspect of stuff here. You know, prior to the new show, which obviously I'm going to imagine is your favorite, uh, and we're going to talk about here after the break, what was or what has been your favorite on-air experience so far? My favorite competition experience? No, your favorite TV experience with barbecue. Um... I'm going to be very biased and say, you know what? I love the first couple seasons of Barbecue Pitmasters and Stephen Reichlin. Um, I love them. <clears throat> I thought they were brilliant for TV. Stephen Reichlin was the one, you know, I, I saw in the chat roll earlier that you guys were talking about that. Absolutely. I love Stephen Reichlin. Um, but then again, I got to tell you, I love the first couple seasons of Barbecue Pitmasters. They made me happy. <laughs> were you a I fan of. My, I love seeing my friends. Were you, were you a fan were you, of uh, Barbecue with Bobby Flay? Um, no. No. More because he was a narrator versus a cooker, or you just didn't like the setup? It's not my thing. He's too flashy. He's too just no. Now, in the barbecue TV landscape, what do you think is good? What do you think is lacking? Well, I'll be always, uh, I always like real approachable people in real settings. Um, as, as much as they can be. I really love watching um, Steve Reichlin. Um, Primal Grill. Love it. All right, Daniel Donoski joining me here on the show. Uh, Daniel, I'm going to ask you to just hang out here just for a second while I go ahead and talk about one of my fine sponsors. Uh, You might know him. You might have heard about him. Dave Bosca, Butcher Barbecue. And he's always continuing to figure out ways where he can help his customers. Uh, How about free Butcher Barbecue for one year? That's right. I said it here. Free Butcher's Barbecue Original Injection, Pork Injection, or Prime Injection for a full competition season. Are you freaking kidding me? Free Toot wouldn't be better than that. Well, no, it it wouldn't. I swear to God. Now, starting, it was like a couple weeks ago, all you have to do, you order online, continue to do so all the way until October 26th. That just happens to be the Jack Daniels entry closes when the winner of the Jack Daniels is announced. Now, here's the best part. Winner of the Free Butcher's Barbecue Injection for a year will be announced live right here on the Barbecue Central Radio Show. That's right. Dave has allowed me to reveal the winner of the year supply of injection of your choice. Now, in true Jack Daniels qualification process, every order placed from now until the winner of the Jack is announced, your name will be added to the hopper every time you place an order. For instance, let me throw out a hypothetical, if you will. You order 700 separate orders of Butcher Barbecue products. Your name entered 700 times. It's just that easy. Trust me, I think your odds of winning would be very good at that point. I'm just saying. I hate saying just saying. I'm never going to say that again. I, pro- I apologize. That's my word. I don't like to pet beef. So look, it's really easy. You go to ButcherBBQ.com for all of the details. And then, of course, if you have been uh, flamed, let down, disappointed, by another brand of injection, just send it right into Dave. He will replace it with Butcher Barbecue Pork, Beef, or Prime Injection uh, up the top of the navigation on his website. There's a thing called Trade-In. Uh, you print off the label. You'll ship whatever is left of your commercially made product. 
Uh, Dave will weigh it, and then he'll return you back a like weight of his stuff, which has been time-tested, customer-approved. Uh, and it's only honoring the commercial stuff, strict limit of five pounds per household. Um, these are great things that are happening right now. The potential of one-year free barbecue rub from Butcher's Barbecue uh, or Injections, and then, of course, the trade-in program, which is happening now, uh, ButcherBBQ.com. That's ButcherBBQ.com. It's just one more way to trust Dave Bosco and the good folks over at Butcher Barbecue. We're going to step away, and then we'll come back with some more talk with Danielle Demosky of DBQ. You're listening to the Barbecue Central Radio Show right here on the Barbecue Central Radio Networks. Seven seven four four eight zero four three three to get on the air. Now here's your host, Greg Rampey. All right, uh, coming up on thirty-seven past the hour. Daniel Bob joining me here on the show. Eight seven seven four four eight zero four three three. Greg at the BBQ Central Show dot com. If you want to jump in. Yeah. All right, Daniel. All right, so uh, barbecue uh, crawl. This new television show. Maybe you've heard of it. And. I guess, where, you know, where do I want to start? Is Barbecue Crawl pitched to you? Were you pitching it to somebody? How does that whole initial thing start off? Uh-oh. Can you hear me? I can hear you, can yes. Hear all right, there we go. Uh-oh. All right, go ahead and uh, text me that, uh, or shoot me that number real quick, and then I'll call you. I can turn it down in that. Nobody will hear it. There we go. All right. I'm going to copy that. I'm going to hang up on you now. Not because I don't like it, Daniel. And we'll paste that. People always ask me, what do I need earbuds for? That's why. Right? see how this is going to work out. All right. Sorry about that. No worries. It's all good. All right. Um, let me. Oh, great. I'm frozen. Whoa. My whole, all of my five screens have just went black. Wow. That can't be good. Um, no. I think I'm, I think I'm either about to recover or I'm about to shut down fully. All right. Uh, let's see what the hell I can do here. Um, Barbecue crawl, was it pitched to you, um, or were you pitching it to the networks? How does that whole thing work out? Well, one of the cool things is is that uh, um, I'm one of the co-creators of the show. Um, there was a wonderful woman by the name of Emily Glenn, and uh, uh, she, um, she and a lovely lady by the name of Kit Redmond and I took a meeting, oh gosh, it's got to be like four years ago now, and uh, we were discussing my future life, basically, and what I wanted out of it. And uh, we had done one project together on a different show where they had needed a barbecue person to come in and show them how to use a rotisserie grill and do a few other things. One of the cool things is is that from that, we came up with Barbecue Crawl. And so we had gone out and shot a pilot. And then we came back again to another network. And then they went forward and right off the bat came and said, we'll buy 10 episodes right off the bat, which is outstanding. That, That stuff does not happen. So it was very cool. Canadian-based, right? I mean, obviously, we're, we're myopic North Americans here. Um, uh, so this is all Canadian TV stuff, right? 
Well, here's here's what happens is that, you know, my crew is Canadian. Uh, the show is shot in the U.S. completely 100%, but the entire crew is Canadian. The uh, support crews, like the three editors, the the production manager, and all the support crew back home is actually all Canadian, but the show can be shown in the U.S. However, it has to be shown in Canada first, um, and Travel and Escape Network with Glassbox TV and RTR Media own the rights to it all.